Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make We always start this show off, we do think we can, but we cannot do it uh, on our own. It, uh, as a matter of fact, the way it works is everything from God and nothing from me. And uh, then, <clears throat> if we learn how to operate that way, um, we can make it happen. We can make a difference in our world. And uh, that's what our show here tries to help us do, to actually connect to the, the real world around us. Um, we've been talking, if you've been following the catch, we've been talking a lot lately about being out. And uh, by that, we mean out in the marketplace, out, out in the world, out in the neighborhood, out in the community. Um, and, and, of course, yeah, I was just talking with my guests and mentioned how COVID has changed the boundaries on that. Uh, but it's still out. There are other ways to get out, even if you're still sequestered. Um, and we're finding out a lot about those ways now. So uh, this is going to be a, a great show. Uh, our guest has been a friend of mine for a long time. And uh, he was a pastor, an associate pastor, I believe, at Evangelical Free Church in Fullerton, uh, where the famous... Uh, uh, Charles Twindall got his start. Um, John, were you, you? Did you minister alongside Charles for a while? I think you did, right? Yeah, we we worked together for six years. And okay. Before he went off to Dallas Seminary to yeah. become uh, president, but we knew he wouldn't be long in that administrative <laughs> position because he's he loves to preach God's word yeah. himself, and yeah. so he started Stonebriar there. Yeah. Great. Yeah, well, you did that, and then John is, uh, you know, I don't know all the official stuff about what what he's done there at at the church and what he's doing now, but I can just tell you this about this guy: um, he connects people, he 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 loves people, and he helps provide resources for them, and he brings them together. Uh, he's got a group called Desert Fathers. They get together at least once a year, probably more than that. And and they have no agenda. They just care for each other and pray for each other. Uh, he does the same with uh, Christian musicians in Nashville, and uh, he's just got a heart for that. And he doesn't he doesn't get paid for this. He doesn't you know answer to anybody. It's just what God has motivated him to do. He also has a ministry <clears throat> that I'll let him talk a little bit more about to uh, grand grandparents, I believe. And uh, uh, we want to talk about boomers today. We want to talk about being boomers, and uh, and can we can we connect with millennials? Can can we open up uh, a ministry to younger people? We're going to explore that a little bit. So please 
welcome to Blog Talk Radio, uh, my friend John Coulomb. John, welcome. Thank you, John. Good to be with you and your audience. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I've been, yeah, this is a new thing for me. Uh, it's called retirement. And uh, <laughs> uh, now I'm not retired, and I don't know that I ever will be. Um, I can't afford to be, for one. I I made no plan <laughs> to be retired. And uh so uh but I also there's there's a there's a there's a gospel motivation that, that uh pushes me on and, and I, I wanna use my gifts as long as I can use them and as long as I can read and talk and write, you know, um then I figure I can have a ministry. So uh but I, I'm watching a lot of my friends who've had regular careers. Uh, they are now retired, and uh, yeah. I I don't know. I think I think they may be struggling a little bit, especially maybe in the first few years. Maybe that's natural. What do you do with yourself? You know, and it's almost like uh, uh, some of these guys literally don't know uh, what to do, and and a couple right. of them talk talk about lacking serious motivation to do anything and um i don't know what you i know you've been working with people at this age so just you know are we are we riding off into the sunset or what what do we need here i i know it's a big huge question so jump in wherever you want to (laughs) okay well uh first of all um we've done ministry for 54 years within the church i you know we are we all paid our dues being youth pastors, and mm-hmm. I and I loved youth work. And John, that's when we first met back. I was in right. Santa Barbara. I remember we brought you to town, and that's where our friendship was forged back in the seventies. <laughs> and yep. uh, and then I went into family ministry, and then came down to Fullerton thirty-one years ago to do senior adult ministry. And okay. um, and I changed my title the last. Five years, and I I went into the senior pastor. Chuck had already left, and I I said I want a new title. I'll do what I always did, but I want a new title. Well, what's that? I want to be the intergen pastor. I want to bring the generations together. Mm. I want to end the isolation. So that was, and so we worked Yay. hard at that. Then I retired <laughs> in uh, 2019 June. But I'd already been working with a ministry called Legacy Coalition. Five years ago, um, we met back at the Iwana headquarters in Chicago with uh, Larry Fowler, uh, John Trent, uh, Ken Canfield. I can't remember all the Wayne Rice. Some of you remember Wayne from You Specialties. And yeah. some women from a variety of places, Steve Valerie Bell. And we prayed for 48 hours and talked. Uh, with a young man by the name of Josh Mobile Hill, who had done his dissertation on what does the scripture have to say about grandparenting? And we realized everyone, everyone has missed it. No one had written on that. And um, and so when we looked at God's word and realized the word grandparent maybe appears only twice, but you can't throw away, teach these things to your children and your children's children and the children yet to be born. Right. And... Um, and it goes on. But to say a word about retirement, it is mentioned. Some people say it's never mentioned in the Bible. It is mentioned. But you have to go to Numbers chapter 8, 
where God, uh, Moses tells the priest, look, at age 50, I want you to retire. Huh. But think about what a pr- priest does. Well, he was a butcher, too. <laughs> He's yeah. calling bullock and ram yep. to altars and cutting them up and then barbecuing them after words for <laughs> celebration after repentance. Ooh. So, you know, <laughs> it's back-breaking work. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea was teach these things to the younger priests. When, you, when your back begins to tweak and creak, pass down the lessons, train them, <laughs> mentor them in the stuff that really is, is life-giving rather than back-breaking. And then when mm-hmm. you reach 50, you, get a, you don't have to have the butcher responsibility anymore. We forget about that. Huh. They weren't in the study preaching and studying. <laughs> wow. So retirement, um, yeah, and, it's, and I, do, I do feel, oh, my goodness, is that me? No, that's me. I Sorry. Oh, oh, <laughs> good. Just keep going. <laughs> okay. But retirement, um, that's a man-made thing that we came up with when things started going well in the 50s after the war. You know, great big beautiful tomorrow, and we all had long careers, and we all stayed in our homes for a number of years, and then airplanes started being invented and communication, and we went off to school, and we went off to other places to work, and we left our family, and um, and then we got pensions. We got if we stayed long enough at a big company, we were rewarded, and I'll tell you, it it worked for a while, but it was all about pleasure, and finally, I've earned my right to do whatever I want, and it's created a, actually a monster. There's a place called the, I, I know this is probably going down to Florida, the place called the Villages, where I think there are 250,000 seniors clustered together in the good life with like 30 golf courses or something like that. Maybe I'm underestimating. And it's interesting that, Venereal disease is on the rise, and they've gone back to acting like teenagers who are irresponsible, huh. and it's become a, a playboy campground for people who have never thought about that, never thought about that. And I have a friend who's a pastor down there dealing with that, planting churches, saying these people are pagans. They may have the money. They may have the time. They may have the looks, but they're so needy. So retirement hasn't necessarily done us well. Hmm. We need purpose. Uh, what was it? The old theologian from Scotland. I forget his name. Uh, everyone needs someone to love, something to hope for, and something to do. Hmm. And without that, without that purpose, um, you know, we we're, we're in deep trouble. Yeah. Uh, we don't ever cease if we're breathing. We don't ever cease uh, needing to have purpose. Let me just share with you something. This is a little off the cuff, but it just made me realize that in my when we were ministering in Santa Barbara, I was riding a motorcycle, and I came upon Psalm 90, John, uh, verses 10 to 12. Man will live to be 70 or 80 if due to good strength, but then we fly away, Moses writes, Hold a psalm in scripture. Teach hmm. me, and he goes on, to number my days that I may present to you, Lord, a heart of wisdom. So I was running a motorcycle, and I thought, okay, well, 
since I, I'm kind of tempting life or death or whatever you call it by, you know, two bumpers, two wheels, and the bumpers aren't really worth talking about. So what if I took 70 years? If I made it to 70 years of age, how many days might I have left if I to get to 70? And so in my day timer, this was 40 plus 45 years ago. In my day timer, I wrote on above Wednesday morning, I would deduct it six, seven days and I added six days. And I still do that. So if hmm. I make it to next, if I make it to tomorrow, I perhaps, well, I have to back up. Then I reached 70. <laughs> so uh-huh. I took on, I thought, Lord, this is amazing that I'm still alive uh, after a, a defibrillator, pacemaker, six tenths, and no prostate. I mean, you know, <laughs> I made it to 80. I never thought I'd get there. Mm. So w- now if I make it to 80, I'm 76 now, how many years, how many days, Lord, might I have left? And I have written down here, I do this once a week, October 6, Wednesday, 1,686 days left. I've lived 29,930 days, a total of uh, 76 years, 94 days, and 19 leap years. And some of your folks are probably saying, that boy needs needs help. That's that's obsessive (laughs) compulsive behavior. And I would agree with you if... I did it every day, and I compulsed over it. <laughs> I yeah. obsessed over it. But, John, I do it for two reasons. One is if it's a lousy day, we've all had lousy days, I perhaps have 1,686 days left, and then I'm out of here. There's an end in sight. If I know that, that, that gives me hope, and I do have hope. But if it's mm-hmm. a lazy day, and this is my point, if I if it's a lazy day and I'm not real motivated to do much, I perhaps only have 1,686 days left to fulfill whatever purposes God has placed within me. Hmm. And I know that every one of us hmm. was made with purpose. So, you know, once a week I just get to reflect, oh, I got... Perhaps 1,600, almost 1,700 days left. Lord, how will I use it today? And, wow. and when I use it, it doesn't mean rush off and work. Cause the, the whole theme of John Fisher is New Covenant. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. God does the work. I show up. Yep. I give. I'm available. Lord, take my meager stuff. Take me in my weakness mm. and perfect it for your glory and honor. So... Anyway, I, I guess I would start with those random thoughts, but they served me well in keeping me on track. So we're now we're still working with Legacy Coalition, Intentional Christian Grandparenting Ministry. In fact, a little little promo. Um, in two weeks, we have our sure. national summit taking place in Birmingham, Alabama, at Shades Mountain Baptist Church. Uh, October 21 and 22, and we've got an incredible team of folks coming, musicians, comedians, and and people who are well-based in the scriptures to speak to these matters and uh, encourage people. They can still go to LegacyCoalition.com, and they can find our podcast. They can find resources for grandparenting. They can find the summit. 
Great. And then Great. Fishbowl, Fishbowl Ministry, which is a ministry of pastors and their families. So that's kind of who we are, what we're doing, and still involved. And we were retired from church ministry, from administration. Yeah, yeah. To do what we do best, not worst. <laughs> are you are you busier now, or, uh, or than you were, or about the same? <laughs> oh, John, John, that's this, Jackie and I just got back from uh, Washington and Oregon yesterday evening, <laughs> and we had that conversation. Jackie's my wife. Mm-hmm. We had that conversation about uh, this thing's getting away from us again, mm-hmm. and. You know, I I think the healthier we are, the less busy, that's a terrible word, busy we will be. And we will do more by doing less. Mm. And that doesn't make sense. But if wisdom is the ingredient that we've asked God for, you know, give me a heart of wisdom, Lord. Teach me to number my days so that I may have a heart of wisdom. So to do the things God has called me to, not just the things I love to do. And it's, you know, my body's starting to, to vote on some things, and we can't travel like we did. But thank God for media. But that's the also another lure that could mess up a, a productive life versus a busy life, an effective life. You know, I could, well, we're. We're talking about some projects here, and I'm having to think, really, can I do that? Should I do that? Lord, what would you have me do? And so we're having to go back to those first questions we asked when we were trying to figure out what to do in college and what to do for a living. Wow. Now we need to figure out, Lord, what do you want to call me to in these last five years of my life, ten years, mm-hmm. whatever you give me? The last 1,000, how many days? 1,686. 1, 1,686. How do you figure that? Perhaps. Is that, 80, is that at 80 or what is that? What's the... That's at 80 years of age. If I make oh, it to okay. 80, I'll, okay. it's about 1,600 plus yeah. days away. Well, now, you know, I've and, got people yeah. who are well into their 80s and they're still going. Tony Campolo is 84, you know, and he's yeah. still preaching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's amazing. <laughs> well, you know, John... There's one thing I think is happening, too. I want to see what you have to say if you think this is happening. I mean, especially in this last pandemic, and and let's go back a little further to the election before that and the craziness yeah. of our world and, and the, you know, the invasion of our Capitol building. And, I mean, what is going on here? And don't you think there's a big temptation to just uh, pull the plug? I mean, you know, I'm not going to be here that much longer. So, you know, I'm just going to let this thing go because uh, it's too complicated for me to try and figure out. And there's nothing I can really do about it. Do you think there's some of that question? Oh, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are are moving lock, stock, barrel out of, whatever state they hate, <laughs> to <laughs> a state that looks more idyllic, more like heaven. And I think when they arrive, they realize, ooh, I brought me. <laughs> and, um, and, I, and, and all my compatriots, both mm. on both sides of whatever my, my 
my compassions and my my uh, prejudices are are, are going to join <laughs> for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, I think we're. Can I say this on radio and deep doo doo? Yeah, sure. I think we are. <laughs> I, I think. I think God is in charge. I know God is in charge. He's not wringing his hands. He's sovereign. Yes. I I do feel like with America as we knew it uh, is gasping for air. And I do think that there's a Nebuchadnezzar waiting to lead us hmm. um, that God will be using. You know, and, and my question has been, God, where are the Daniels? And well, I dare to be a Daniel myself. Hmm. I'm not hmm. young anymore, but we need to prepare the younger group. But if the older group have not ever been courageous and 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 have convictions and know what they believe and are astute in in spiritual matters, not just Bible matters, but are able to apply those truths and and get messages from the Holy Spirit and follow hmm. and be like hmm. Jesus. Unless then, then the kids aren't going to pick it up from us. They're not going to pick it up from us. So, yeah, uh, I am concerned, but part of me is saying there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> mm. That God is getting a remnant ready to do work, and I think the church, as we've known it, and mind you, I've been a, a I'm a churchman, John. Yeah. I love the Church of Jesus Christ, but I'm discovering that. Uh, shepherds have become cowboys, and uh, the sheep are scattering, and uh, and mega churches maybe are in decline uh, because it's yeah. not the platform and the sound system and the technology and the big budgets and the big programs that are going to cut it in an age when we're scared to death of death when we're scared of viruses, when we're divided in our families regarding masks, yet alone viruses. Mm-hmm. And this is this is not epidemic. This is pandemic. I've talked to my friends in Greece, Australia, South Korea. This is a worldwide event. And I think we're doing better than most nations. And we have Netflix. I mean, yeah, I mean, can, yeah. We can uh, hide <laughs> behind the drama of someone else's drama. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm concerned, and I do think, I do think the millennials will lead the way because they don't want everything mom and dad had because they saw what it did to their home, mm. they saw what it did to their families, they saw what mm. it did to mom and dad because they went after the golden fleece. And it wasn't quite as gold as they thought. It was tarnished. So, hmm. yeah, I uh, I guess if I were to say, we've got, what, seven minutes here? Yeah, keep going. That's all right. Okay. I guess I would, I would go to a bottom line here and, and throw out a challenge to my peer group and those younger, the boomers. I'm barely a boomer. I was born in 1945. Um. But I would say, well, I'll just remind them that when it comes to this grandparent thing, the average age of a first-time grandparent is 47 years of age. The average age of a grandparent is 60. A third of us, of our, of our country, is over 60 years of age. And so we've guesstimated about 30 million Christian grandparents in the U.S. 
And of those grandparents, 8 million of them are taking care of their grandkids. Hmm. They're fully responsible because mom and dad fell apart. Maybe they also got one of the parents in the home along with the grandkids raising them. One of our uh, youth pastors at Fullerton told me, he said, it wasn't until my mom turned 10 years old that she discovered that her older sister was really her mother that grandma had been raising her. Oh, my God. Is that amazing? Wow. And, um, yeah, <laughs> the, and the fatherless rates have tripled since 1960s. 20% of the millennials grew up without a father. And recent estimates find that about 40% of American first and second graders live in fatherless homes. So the family is wow. in jeopardy. And if there was ever a time for boomers to re-engage in raising children, but at a different level, you're not going to give rules. You're going to give models. You're going to give authenticity. You're going to, I mean, I can't think of a better discipleship program for a boomer than to have a a grandchild say, well, oh, Papa, you want me to, you want me to go to church and to that youth group and you want me to read my Bible and pray, but... Papa, how's that working for you? Hmm. And and it's more powerful, I think, than the, the the bony finger of a pastor in the pulpit preaching to boomers saying, "Grow up, keep growing, or deepen your faith." More powerful is a grandchild looking up, saying, "Grandpa, Grandma, hmm. and I don't, I don't understand <laughs> what would hmm. that look like." So I think. And, and, of course, that won't happen unless we ask for forgiveness of our children and the things that we yeah. did that we have not made right. Uh, repentance is a word we need to bring back into our lives, in our homes, in our churches. Wow. What about, uh, what about connecting boomers and, and say, millennials? Uh, is that possible and how have you experimented with that any way, any at all? What are some, what is, are there oh, some yeah. ways to do this? We can help this happen. Well, when I was doing intergen ministry, um, one of the things that we would do is hang out with the youth staff and the children's staff. Um, when, um, I'm sorry, when I was doing senior adult ministry, because we could, we could offer the invite to get with the high school kids or the junior high kids, and and we would reach into our youth staff and say, hey, how about getting together for a a night? We'll call it uh, uh, Back to the Future Night. And so we gathered them together. We had about 250 high school kids, and we had 25 of my selected older adults who had lived life and were fun and godly and and, uh, you know, they were just inviting and interesting careers. I, I had the foster sister of Norma Jean Baker, Marilyn Monroe, with me. I had guys who fought uh, Battle of the Bulge. I had uh, the district superintendent for the Evangelical Free Church of America. And I had them bring their, their school annual and a picture of them when they were an adolescent and a report card. <laughs> 
And we played uh, we played wee golf, and then we played with a real putter, and then I did a stand up sit down. Stand up if you ever milk a cow. Stand up if you drink a Red Bull today. You know, stand up if you ever wrung a chicken's neck. Uh, stand up if you did uh, twenty five text calls today. And you know, and so, and then we put him into, and then we worshipped. Oh yeah, we worshipped. The youth high school kids led the music, and I had spent time with the older adults to say, now, you're not going to understand some of the words. You won't be able to see the screen, some of you. Um, you won't know the tune, but don't, with your eyes, communicate. This is, this is not working, or this is not meeting my needs. Enter into it. And if you can't see the words, just sing the words watermelon. It works for any song. <laughs> Get your lips moving. <laughs> and 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 then we broke them up into groups of ten with those those twenty five leaders, and they sat around asking questions, and it was phenomenal. And the kids I heard from parents went home and said that was the best night we've ever had. And we did that several times. One time we just uh, did a skills night. How do you fly fish? How do you sew? Um, so you know that was that's one way. The other way was when uh, with our older adults whom I call experienced adults, um, when we began to share prayer requests, the youth leaders would give us first names or false names only of the prayer requests within the youth groups. And when those came to us, to the whole group, and when we were gathered together for our closer walk, when the Bible said we had about 120 people there. When we'd hand those out, even before we started to pray for these kids, there was weeping. Huh. Weeping over the situations that our young people are in. They had no idea. No idea. Fathers in prison, uh, abuse, sexually, physically, uh, abandonment, divorce, uh, you name it. Sickness, mm. death. And all of a sudden, it, it built a bridge like you can't believe as they begin to pray anonymously for these kids. And if they wanted to be of help, of course, they had to go through a youth leader to, if they yeah. had some solutions. So uh, that kind of stuff. But I would say being gracious <laughs> hmm. instead of uh, critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, grace doesn't, grace comes not in the flesh. Uh, criticism comes naturally, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think um, being real and really gracious and authentic and not playing games and li- learning to listen. And, and, and with my own grandchildren, I, I, I still am working at listening. I make a living with my mouth. I make a living with my mouth, and it's really easy to just talk, 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 talk. But the greatest gift is to listen and then not speak when I've got something to say, but to think and to feel and to enter in. And, and, I, and of course, to make time. Because, you know, the dumbest thing you can say to anyone, hey, keep busy. <laughs> well, of course, of course, we're all busy. And yeah. uh, I, I <clears throat> there's a... Oh, I, there's a quote I, I often will use. Let me see if I can find it here quickly. And, uh, it, it was um, Charles Francis Adams. Here it is. 
a 19th century political figure, diplomat, and great-grandson of John Adams, kept a diary. Get hmm. this. One day he entered, went fishing with my son today, a day wasted. His son, Brooke Adams, who also kept a diary, which is still in existence, made this entry on that same day. Went fishing with my father today, the most wonderful day of my life. <laughs> and I think when... Yeah, is that powerful? Whoa. And I just think, you know, Hmm. the gift of time, of of hanging out, Uh the gift of listening, of listening in. And, of course, wisdom is to listen with the inner ear, (laughs) to to hear beyond what I heard, to what's really going on, Uh and then to be gracious and, and to learn from them. They have a lot to teach us. You know, there may be one way to build a bridge is, hey, can you help me? Set up my computer. Can you show me how to text my grandkids? Or can you help me t- learn how to text you? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just a few, few things. And to forget perfectionism, which we're really good at, mm-hmm. and uh, and to remember whatever we're doing that's uncomfortable. Anyone who does something well now, to remember they did it for a first time sometime whether it was cooking or driving a car or learning how to play piano. And it's uncomfortable. And uh, humble yourself. Learn, you know. Learn all you can, do all you can. But be, you know, if something's worth doing well, it's not necessarily always worth doing well. You know, that's the the problem with perfection. We all grow up with that. Do it well. Well, some things, if you try to do everything well, you're not going to be happy. (laughs) <laughs> oh, John, I knew this was going to be good, but I had no idea it was going to be this good. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're thank, kind. Thank you so much uh, for your wisdom and um, just spending uh, some time with us here. And I think there's, uh, there's a lot here to be gained uh, for both uh, our boomers and, and our, our younger ones. So, John, God bless. Yeah. Keep on going. Thank I you. hope you. I hope you get all of those seventeen hundred days uh, in there, and, and and then some, John, and then some. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, John. Bless okay. you and your audience. Okay. You too. Bye bye now. Uh, oh, John, John. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah. Real quick, what was yeah. the what was the website one more time as we. LegacyCoalition.com LegacyCoalition.com Okay There you go, thank you Very good, thank you so much You bet. There you go you guys, LegacyCoalition.com It's a website uh, Especially designed for uh, Christian grandparents And um, Intentional Christian grandparents Yeah. Intentional, okay (laughs) I like that Yep Wonderful. Not glorified sugar daddies and babysitters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All righty. Okay, Thanks so much. God bless. You're, you too. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, that was so good. You're listening to The Cash and, uh, with John Fisher. Come back and hear it again. Uh, play it for your friends. This is worth hearing. Trying to get it together. Trying to help the fellow man.